unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. But what's really cool is that a week before that, I prayed that God would show me what's missing and show me who he really is. Um, if you're there, show me. But make things make sense because I'm confused. Um, I need to know what's true and what isn't. And then a week later, I meet the missionaries. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Saints Unscripted. We've got another wonderful special guest for you today, and he comes to us from across the sea from Scotland, right? Yeah, so, Scotland. Scotland. For some reason, I always want to say Ireland. Whenever I go to say Scotland, my brain wants to say Ireland. So I have to like, wait, it's Scotland. I know what I'm talking about. I suppose right? they're both Celtic. So it yeah. sort of makes sense. You're, you're not offended by that? By oh, no, I'm not offended, like, don't worry. Ireland. Okay, there's no hostility there between you and Ireland? In Ireland, no. Me and Ireland are cool. You guys are cool? Okay, good. (laughs) Didn't want to offend anyone by saying that. Uh, This is my friend Andrew. And Andrew's been featured on our convert highlights on Instagram at least once. Uh, You were baptized in the last... March 27th. I got to see your baptism, which was super cool. And what we really want to hear from you is a little bit about your process your your journey to baptism right okay let's talk let's get into it so um growing up i was kind of this weird hybrid between a baptist and a calvinist because i would go to the church my parents went to which was a baptist church in the area and at the same time i'd go to what's kind of known as the brethren church which has very calvinistic i'm not sure if that's even a word their doctrines are very much in line with the things Sean Calvin taught. So for years, I was just kind of, I'd go round about doing that. Um, I'd go to like the children's church there, which is kind of like Sunday school, but for kids. So primary, I guess, is what we'd call it. Okay. Um, that happened and I went around until around about 16 or so when I stopped going. And um, just because of like a lack of interest, really, because I knew Jesus was real and I knew he was the savior who died on the cross, but that kind of had the same impact on me as knowing that George Washington was the first president. Like, yeah, okay, great. And then I move on with my life. Yeah. Jesus died on the cross. That's great. Yeah. Um, So I kind of lost interest when um, exams started coming up at school and I had other things that I had to deal with. Then I was out of church about two years. I think I went back when I was about 18 and was fully immersed in it. I loved the church I used to go to. Um, the people were really great. And I would go to pretty much every meeting they had. What was it that drew you back to it? You said you were 18. What prompted um, you? Out of I curiosity. left school and I was kind of in that weird like limbo sort of area between school and starting university a few months later. And without school, which had been like my purpose for ages, I was a bit like, oh, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So a friend asked me, why don't you come along to church? And I was like, okay, I'll go once so that you stop asking me because they asked quite a lot. Um, I'll sit at the back. Yeah, I'll sit at the back and then I'm leaving. And then I went and the people were just really lovely. Um, I enjoyed the songs. I enjoyed the sermon. And I just kept going. Okay. Um, Around about a year, 
I was 20 when I met the missionary. So for two years, it was fine. But around about a year and a half later, a lot of theological conflicts were going on in my head. I was a bit like, I don't understand how God can choose people beforehand who he loves and who he's going to take to heaven and Jesus died for them and how he can love all people, but right. Predestination. Yeah. Predestination. And it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand things like that. Um, there were a lot of things that I was a bit like, this isn't making a huge amount of sense, but I just ignored it. I was like, I know Jesus is the Christ. I know he's the savior. That's all I really need to know. Um, so I kept going. With a few things going on, I started um, hanging out a bit less at different sort of things, um, like the events other than at Sunday service in the morning. And around about March of last year, which is when the pandemic hit, I was thrown kind of into a faith crisis because I was like, right, I don't understand a ton of these theologies that seem to be conflicting. And now I don't have the church to go to, to kind of back it up they were doing it on youtube but it felt really different so i just kind of pulled back and minded my own business and let them do their thing so how i met the missionaries if we backtracked around about 2015 i helped out with i think you'd call them freshmen like the first years in high school okay yeah two years younger than that um in terms of age I was 16 or 17 and they were at 11. I was helping out in one of their French classes and there was this guy in it um, who's called Ben and we got to talking. We became kind of like pals and then I left about a year later. We didn't really speak for three years. He met the missionaries about two weeks before me and then randomly added me onto a Facebook group chat with them in it. Were, and were, did you have contact with this guy throughout that? Yes, well, no, but not were, since I left school this day. He was like, so I'm going to add you to this group um, with these church folk. And I was like, okay, cool. Go for it. Um, but what's really cool is that a week before that, I prayed that God would show me what's missing and show me who he really is. If you're there, show me. But make things make sense because I'm confused. Um, I need to know what's true and what isn't. And then a week later, I meet the missionaries. Coincidence? I think not. Got a lovely, incredible. Coincidence? I think not! Um, so there was this lesson, we did the restoration, and they said, oh, so would you like to learn more? And I think my exact response was something like, yeah, I mean, we're in lockdown, have nothing else to do. <laughs> Might um, as well. Might as well yeah. learn about the, the Mormons, right? Yeah. <laughs> Because all I'd really known about them beforehand was the musical. And I was like, you guys have wacky beliefs. Let's have a chat. I think what was really cool was when we started, they weren't trying to convert me and I wasn't trying to convert them. But as we started meeting and getting the lessons underway, I realized that there were a few differences to what the core doctrines of my last church and my upbringing had been. But even with that in mind, I had no idea the sort of reaction I'd get when I started telling people, oh, so I'm meeting with these missionaries. And they're really nice, and they're actually Christian, and they're not Satanists. Uh, wow. Yeah. I love this crazy thing. I know, Church of Jesus Christ, and they follow Jesus Christ. Who the funk? Weird. Yeah, I <laughs> um, agree. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of, in a nutshell, how it went on. Okay, so that's how you met the elders. Yes. Um, so I've got, like, we've got the, the events at, at their bare surface level, but what mm-hmm. were you really thinking at this point because you had said that you had prayed for god to to reveal himself 
to you, so to speak. And then these elders show up and you'd probably heard about the wacky beliefs and everything, but yeah. you kind of started to like it, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, what was your thought process? Was there, was there panic? Well, was there confusion? When I, when I first met them, I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool. Um, I'll speak to these people in their suits. Um, and then when I start, when I learned about the restoration, I was a bit like, hmm, interesting. Prophets after Jesus. Don't really know how this stands with me. But then I read Acts and how it was talking about the prophetess. I can't remember her name. Anna or or something. I feel like there's an A. But it does um, mention prophets and, yeah. and stuff. Acts. And which... then obviously John and Patmos is prophesying different things. You know, God's using him as the mouthpiece for what's going to happen at the yeah. end. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Why not? So that's why I decided to, I agreed to read the Book of Mormon. So I was like, if I want to know the truth, then I'm going to want to say I've done my full part in trying to find it. For a while, actually, it was just like, I would read what they wanted me to read and then be like, yes, I read it. Um, Kind of like, I'll do what you asked me to do and that's it. Like, I'm not going to go above and beyond that. Just because it was, it seemed blasphemous to be reading a book of scripture that wasn't the Bible for a, a while, actually. And then when the plan of salvation hit, it took us like three months to get through that lesson. I'm really surprised the missionaries didn't like lose interest because my goodness, the amount of questions I had because everything in the plan of salvation down to the atonement being for all people was in direct conflict with everything I'd learned. Right. Um, so it took us months to get through the plan of salvation. Um, did that bother you or were you intrigued by the plan of salvation? I was intrigued, but at the same time, I was really conflicted. I was like, this makes more sense than what I've learned, but what I've learned is what I know. And like, I've, I could defend this biblically and I don't know what they're talking about kind of thing. And then they were like, well, here's a ton of verses. Read them. Um, <laughs> um, in the Bible and in the Book of Mormon. So I went about doing that. And then we did the rest of the lessons and they were fine, whatever. But I would say that... Um, plan of salvation was the biggest one and for about those three months i was doing deep dives into my own research for him for the plan of salvation and the church and what's true and what isn't and about three months later i realized i've been looking at the church sites and these calvinistic sort of baptist sites which are deeply contrasting maybe i should just do what the elders asked me to do in the first place and pray about it yeah so on that day that I prayed about it, I got some really disappointing news about something I've been trying to do and I didn't get in. And so I was a bit like, right, this is what I thought God had been calling me to. If I'm wrong about that, that I felt so strongly that that's what he was calling me to, maybe I'm wrong about Calvinism and Baptism. I said that night the most sincere, desperate prayer I've ever prayed about the Book of Mormon or any prayer I've ever said. And I went to bed and the next morning I woke up and all the things that weren't making sense were making sense. And then as I went about the rest of that week, my testimony was building and building and building and building and building. And less than a week later, I knew without a doubt that the Book of Mormon was true, that Joseph Smith was a prophet. Jesus is the savior who is still running his church. Heavenly Father is not a God of one and done. You know, like 
she's not the one who's gonna be like right i sent my son to you two thousand years ago and now you can kind of do your own thing and deal with it um without any help from me and then i started really pulling back from my last church but i still didn't want to be baptized after knowing that at what point in this so you met the missionaries in march of last year Right. No, it was June. Sorry, the faith crisis started in March. Right. And I met so, in June. Okay, so you started in June, and how long had you been investigating by the time you felt it was true? Four and a bit months. Four, four and a bit months. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we're like in October. Yeah. Twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. Okay. Late September or October, somewhere there. Cool. Um. But I still didn't want to be baptized because I didn't really get the priesthood thing. And I knew the reaction from some Christian friends I've got from my last church and from other places. I was like, the reaction is going to be intense. I knew people in my family wouldn't approve. But there came a point that I was just like, you know what? I need to follow Heavenly Father down whatever path he's leading me. Even if that means I'm going to do it alone, then that's what I'm going to do. So I told people, oh, so I uh, believe the Book of Mormon and the reaction, as I expected, wasn't good. Immediately, I was on like Zoom meetings with people. I was getting messages from people from churches who I'd never heard of or had never spoken to or had spoken to a couple of times who were being like, so I hear you're wanting to join this church. Let's have a discussion about the doctrines. And it was so intense. I had people who'd been friends with me for decades saying, you know, if you go about doing this, you're going to end up in hell. So it was just really intense and kind of depressing that people who I'd known for that long, who knew how strong I was in faith, thought that just because I was joining a different church or aligning with a doctrine with which they disagreed, I was turning my back on Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Which some people said, word for word, you're turning your back on your faith and on Christianity. Um, it was really rough. But again, I just thought I need to follow Heavenly Father, even if I'm doing it alone, then that's what I need to do. That is a difficult thing that a lot of people face when they join the church. And they have to ask themselves that question, like, am I willing to do this even if I have to do it alone? Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people, that's a really difficult decision to make. Was that difficult for you or how did you feel like saying that out loud? I mean, it's easier now looking back, but I mean, what was that like at the time? Um, From between the point that I told them I'm leaving the church and joining that church, I had probably had weeks of restless or sleepless nights. Um, Have you ever read Pilgrim's Progress? So it's a bit where like he's walking around with loads of blocks on his back. Yeah. Um, and that's how it felt. Like every time I would speak to someone from that church and didn't bring it up, I felt like I was lying. I felt like I was disappointing them or whatever. And every time I went to the church service on YouTube, I thought I felt like this isn't right either. So it was a real conflict. And then I spoke to someone in my family in very genetic terms. And they just said, you need to do what God's calling you to do. If it is what he's calling you to do, it will work out. And if it's not what he's calling you to, it really won't. So from that, that's probably the next day I texted the people at my last church to be like, so I believe the Book of Mormon and yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. <laughs> from that point, uh, it was another few months before 
your baptism, mm -hmm. what was that in between period like? It was um, simultaneously the hardest time and the best of my life. I was meeting all these members who were who go to my ward. I was learning about church history, about prophets and apostles, about President Nelson. A general conference happened. And I felt my faith real, really growing. I felt I was coming much closer to Jesus Christ than I'd ever felt before. But then at the same time, it was really hard because I knew the day I'm baptized is a day I'm going to have to sacrifice a bunch of friendships that I've had for years and years. Some of them have stayed, but I would say the vast majority have fallen away and we're not in contact anymore. And they very loudly vocalized their disapproval um, which I mean, is fine. You know, um, I wish them the best. I hope I have nothing but love for them and I hope they're feeling as close to Christ as I am. But again, I have to go the way God's taken me. So we've, we've, you and I have talked a little bit about, and I noticed a lot in, at your baptism, your ward is super cool, right? Yeah. I love them. Uh, they're great. <laughs> but everything I hear about them and everything I, I saw at, at your baptism, the speakers yeah. and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, Everything about them looked amazing. Uh, so in the process of losing relationships, losing friendships and, and everything else, uh, you simultaneously had this new group kind of rallying around you. Yeah. What, what, was, what has that been like? And tell me a little bit how that has helped you in your transition. Yeah, it's been incredible. I really love the people of my ward. I'm very lucky um, and blessed to be a member of that specific ward. Um, I noticed a lot of the time when, you know, in sacrament, people would go up and be like, morning, brothers and sisters. And I always thought, this is really weird, but whatever you do, you. Um, but Brother, I know. <laughs> I <was> like, oh. <laughs> um, sir, I don't know you. Yeah. Uh, uh, I got a testimony that um, the church really is a family because they all rallied around me. They answered any and all questions I have. Uh, without any judgment and without which I'd had a few times oh you just should accept this if God's not showing you it then he doesn't want you to know you don't need to know there was none of that so one bit that one of the members really helped me with was the pre-earth life because one of the doctrines I didn't understand was Satan rebelled in heaven right but there's no sin in heaven so how could he rebel in heaven and then they said read Abraham I think or potentially Moses in the Pearl of Great Price whatever it is it could um, have been either one I think it was Moses yeah. okay. <laughs> um, and then once I had they went and sat down with me and answered all the questions I had um, so I've been welcomed with open arms and I really feel like this is where the Lord's put me and it's honestly I love them so much it's a really great word and that is so important for people just joining the church. And I don't know how big the church is in Scotland, but in countries where it's not so big, like your ward starts to play a bigger and bigger role in your conversion. Cause yeah. in places like where I'm at right now in Utah, I mean, the church is just everywhere. It's like half the time, even if you're an active, loving, committed member of the gospel, half the time you're trying to get away from your ward. <laughs> they're just, they're everywhere, you know? Yeah. But, but out, but out where you're at, I mean, it's, it plays such a vital role. And I, I wish that more people would realize how important their ward really is. Mm -hmm. uh, and when people get baptized, like 
they need you. They need that, oh, yeah. that support. And some people feel disconnected. They're like, oh, that guy's getting baptized. That's cool. I don't know who he is. And then they kind of leave it at that. But like, yeah. how, how important is it for you to reach out to those people? Like they need a support group. They're losing oh, friends. Yeah. So I was called as a word missionary um, at some point in the past few weeks. And you really notice when in your when you're in that calling how important it is to make sure that the new that people coming in feel welcomed, um, know who you are, so that they know some people there and know to ask any questions because you know this is the Lord's true church. And if they have a bad experience with that, because they have a bad experience with the people, it might turn them away from the doctrine. So and it happens all the time. If someone is investigating the church, Andrew, right now, and they're watching this video and they don't know if they should make that decision, what advice would you have for that person? Um, I'd say I have four points of advice. Okay, maybe um, we should have started with this. <laughs> so the first would be do what the missionaries invite you to do. Um, second, ask any questions you have. You know, the missionaries and the members, they genuinely love and care for you. Um, and they will not judge you if you have questions. They love, they love questions. Yeah. Um, you know, we all start learning somewhere, so ask away. Uh, the third would be to pray. Just keep praying. Uh, the fourth would be get to know the members. So keep the missionaries' commitments. Never stop praying. Get to know the members. And ask questions. That was the last yeah. one. Yeah. Perfect. That's, that's awesome. Andrew, you are a wonderful human being. Uh, your ward is lucky to have you in the church. We're all lucky to have you in the church. and lucky to have you as a friend. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing oh, your- Thanks for having me. Yeah. You, you have a, an Instagram, right? Where you post LDS themed things. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Latter Day Lamont. Latter Day Lamont. Cool. If anyone is interested in following Andrew and his thoughts and his about his uh, his testimony and his journey, uh, feel free to follow him on, on Instagram at Latter Day Lamont. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us on this this wonderful episode, hearing his story. Uh, like the video, subscribe if you haven't, and have a great day. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.